We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Swap Moto Podcast presented by our friends at Fly Racing. I've got uh, I've got my buddy Cole Seeley on the phone who uh, I called you because I thought you might have a, a different perspective. You know, obviously this is the first year you're not racing and also, uh, you know, kind of a crazy groundbreaking thing going on here in Salt Lake. So have you been tuning in to all the races, Cole? Yeah, I've been. I mean, it's kind of hard not to being, um, you know, obviously so passionate for so long and then also like just every time i hop on instagram something is going on to where I, you know i'm like oh yeah there's a race tonight you know it's so weird being on like a sunday and a wednesday and all that i keep forgetting i keep waiting for saturdays and i'm always a little off but yeah i mean i've been following pretty closely have you had any like uh thoughts like dang i wish i didn't retire so soon because i could be doing this right now or are you like not envious of racers in this seven races in three weeks situation no, I keep actually the opposite. I keep joking around like, dang, I, keep, I really did pick the right year to retire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, like I, there was obviously some thoughts when I did pull the trigger and finally decide to, to step away. I was like, maybe I have one more year. Maybe if I do another year, I'll like it again. And uh, man, this has just been like so like weird. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously not just in the motorsports world or not in the motorcycle world. It's like globally such a weird time. So yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's interesting for sure, but I, I do like the, that they did finish it up. I was worried that they were going to call it, kind of, you know, call it as is. And, uh, not, not necessarily from a, like a fan now perspective, but more of like, if Eli would have won the championship, obviously there's going to be a little asterisk on it. I think now that they've decided to play it out, I think it's, you know, these guys are racing hard. So, that, I mean, he's definitely, there's no, definitely no asterisk next yeah. to whoever takes the championship. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so backing up a little bit, um, how has how has quarantine been for you? Uh, you know, I know you're you're a Southern California neighbor of mine, but uh, <clears throat> how did it affect you? I mean, it, it's pretty sweet. You know, I mean, you're living the retired life, and you don't have a job yet, or you haven't done something yet. I know that you've done uh, Bump Star Coffee, but were you affected? in a, in any drastic way or has it just made things inconvenient for you? I mean, I think it's been inconvenient for everybody, you know, not like in the least selfish way possible. I think it's, you know, just, I mean, the world has stopped. Yeah. It's finally starting to start back up, but, um, I wasn't, I don't think I was affected as much as everybody else, you know, like I was already kind of, you know, I'm a brand ambassador for Troy Lee and a couple other companies. So, that's all kind of remote for me or for them anyways. Like I don't really have like a set schedule with anything mm -hmm. and where I ride, you know, it's secluded and I can really, I could still be smart about getting outside and, and doing stuff without interacting with any other people. So it really didn't affect me like that where, you know, obviously there's people that like lost their jobs and, um, or had to leave and come back and, and all that. So I was, you know, lucky enough to, you know, 
not really have it affect me, but it, man, it's crazy. Like I can't, I can't really like, this is such a weird time in our lives where like, yeah. I don't know, like we're nobody's ever going to forget this. You know, I know, I know we've had pandemics before and, and like with the swine flu and all that other stuff, but man, this is just the craziest time to be alive right now. Yeah. It's never brought, it's never brought like everything to a halt the way it has with this. It's almost like, you know, that resident evil series of movies. Where the, yeah. <laughs> It almost feels like that, you know, like, yeah. And I mean, and, and I know, like, like I said, we've had pandemics in the past, but like this, I know there's a lot of conspiracies and like, Oh, why is it so different this time? I think it's just, we're getting smarter, you know, we're getting smarter about how to handle global crises like this, like just as a human race. So I think it was, um, you know, I think it's, I think we're just growing as, as you know, globally as a community just to yeah. like make sure like stuff like, you know, doesn't spread as fast and, it doesn't become worse than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So how did you treat it? Did you uh, lock yourself in your house or did you continue to go out and have fun and, and do stuff? Um, like I said, I, I tried to just limit contact with people. Um, mm-hmm. If, you know, if I went riding, it was in the hills with, with other friends where we're not, you know, within six feet of each other, obviously. <laughs> and you're kind of in a helmet. So I, I tried to, to treat it like that um, as much as I could. And, you know, wear my mask and, and hand sanitize and don't touch your face, like all that stuff. Um, but like I said, it didn't, it didn't really hinder my schedule as much as it, it did, you know, <laughs> with somebody with like a normal job, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, man, I think that during the whole thing, I've only spent one day at home where I didn't leave. Cause I've, yeah. I've been like, wow, Hey, you know, I still have to do my job. I still have to test stuff. I still have to go visit advertisers that are open and, yeah, you know my and, kids. I mean, my kids were gnarly, yeah. dude. They're like, "Oh, wash your hands, Dad." As soon as I walk in the front door, <laughs> wash your hands. Who'd you talk to? Who'd you see? <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's hard. It's hard really to know how serious to take it. But I mean, you, I mean, I guess you got to be responsible with everything. But I was like, I was like going back to what we were talking about earlier about you know picking the right year to retire. Yeah, I was thinking like, man, like these guys. I don't like. I always try to put myself in the same shoes as you know, the guys that I've been racing against for the past 10 years, but man, I don't, I wouldn't know how to treat it if I were them. Like mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about that. It's like, geez, do you, do you stop training or do you keep like try and keep your base or what do you do? Because really like the, the way that things are lining up is like, it's going to be from now on, it's almost a year straight of racing yeah, or right? more really almost yeah. like 16 months of racing. Cause it's pushed it so far back to where it kind of cut out the off season where you're like, all right, boom, 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 we're knocking out all the Supercross rounds, then outdoor is going to be pushed back further in the year if we do designations. I don't know, really know what the call is on that yet. And then a few of the little off-season races, like everything's going to be so scrunched together from here to the end of the year where it's like race, 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 race. Oh, Anaheim one's here again. Race, race, race. And then all the way through <laughs> Supercross and then all the way through outdoors. So it's already like these guys got to do seven rounds of Supercross, or now what's left is three or four, I think three. Three, yeah. And then 12, and then 17, and then 12. So you're just like so much racing. It's, it's um, man, it's going to be crazy. I mean, for the next, I mean, as a fan, you're not ever going to be bored, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're as a fan, we like, don't, fans don't need any time to recover. <laughs> yeah, we're like, all right, we're like during that downtime, and as a media guy for you, you don't really have that like awkward where you're like, oh, I need to cover. Yeah, what do we do right now? Yeah, what do we yeah. do? Like, um, so, but for like 
man, being a 450 racer for the past six years, I was like, holy crap, like, what do you do? Like, like that's so much racing. At least 250s, you get a little break here and there. Yeah. But that's that's brutal. So, like, we saw guys taking different approaches during the, uh, you know, the downtime. Like, you know, like a lot of the teams, like I know the Moto Concepts guys, the team pulled all the bikes because they didn't want the guys riding and, <clears throat> you yeah. know, mowing through parts and all that and stuff. And when the schedule was announced, then they got back to riding. Uh, I know the Star guys, they cut their schedule back to like two days a week, but they got a head start on outdoor stuff. But then you yeah. got guys like McAdoo, who was just burning laps on everything the whole time, right? But look at what it did for him. He came back and got a third last night, right? And looked way better than he yeah. did before the break. So, yeah, worked. I think, and I think really you can't have a, an answer that just blankets everyone, right? Like, I think it's like McAdoo's position, you know, I follow him on Instagram and he's a friend of mine and i i think he for his situation i think he nailed it you know yeah. he didn't really get to prove himself he he got a freaking amazing ride to to show his talent and there's he has zero excuses as to why he should you know do mm -hmm. really well because he's got a ton of talent the fast rider um he definitely pushes it a little bit too far sometimes but <laughs> at the same time he's got like the opportunity of a lifetime and it kind of reminds me of myself back in like 2010 when I signed on to the Troy Lee team. I'm like, I need to prove myself right now. Yeah, it's make, like make do the most of the opportunity, right? Yeah, and I think I think for him, he made the right call and and trying to to you know just I got to prove myself. If I dig myself in a hole trying to overtrain, then so be it. You know, mm. like he just needs and and I think he's riding great. I think he's yeah finally got got the fitness to to keep up with his speed and and i think he's gonna he's gonna turn some heads for sure and i think he needs to yeah i believe so too what did you think of his uh pass on dylan Fernandez last night the heat race move yeah um <laughs> uh, I, I mean i don't think he intended to <laughs> flip him over the bars like, yeah I, I think that's the last thing that he was going for but i mean he's I think he, he showed a little bit more speed than Fernandez in the first couple laps. And I think he was like, Oh, you know, I can make this move. I'm going to make the move. Yeah. Um, it might've been a tiny bit, a little aggressive, but like I said, he's, he needs to do that. He needs to prove himself. So mm -hmm. I think it was good. I think it, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't think he meant to, to send him over the bars like yeah. that. It was crazy it the way their, their rear tires came together, Han, huh, and just flipped. Yeah. Up. And a lot of that, I think if you watch, and I think we're going to see it the rest of the season is that dirt in Salt Lake is so loose mm -hmm. that, you know, he kind of came in and then the, the rear end just kind of pushed out. Like it wasn't like he intentionally skidded his back end into Sprandis to do that. So <laughs> yeah, it was a crazy move. So uh, what else about the racing thus far in Salt Lake uh, stands out to you? Um. Obviously, I mean the the battle between Telmac and and Webb. Yeah. On on Sunday was insane. Like I, that was so fun to watch. Yeah, and it's awesome uh, the way that Cooper will get past and just go, nah, -uh, and just come right yeah. back at you. I know, and as like a racer, like you're like, okay, Telmac was a better rider that night, right? Like mm -hmm. he had a little bit more speed. He had a little bit more, a little bit more just strength, you know, to to pull it off and for Cooper to respond like that, just like, Nope, I'm coming for you like that. I think that was more impressive than, than 
Tomax win. Like yeah, I was man. like blown away by that. Like, hell yeah. Like, you know, Cooper's a friend of mine too, but like at the same time, I'm like that was, that was awesome to, yeah. to watch. So mentally tough, right? Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> so how is it like, you know, when you're racing and you're, you know, hauling ass and a guy passes you, how do you, how do you handle that mentally to not just be defeated? Oh, I'm going as fast as I can. He got me. How do you dig deep and go right back after the guy? I think like in that type of situation, I don't know. Like that's, I think that's what makes champions, right? Like, and I'm, I'm can't really speak on that cause I'm not a champion, but I've had situations similar to that where, you know, like, Oh, he passed me. And then, and then like, you kind of stick with him for a lap or two and you're like, Oh, you know, he's not as fast. I was like that much better than me, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. So I think I can, uh, pull some off here. <laughs> um, I think, I think that just kind of pans out and like the heat of a battle like that, where it's so intense, it definitely wears on both riders leading and following Yeah, to where the guy that's like making the pass might get a little bit more worn down than he would have liked to. So you can kind of respond to that. Um, but it's definitely like, you know, as you go, you start to feel, you know, the way that the race is developing and it's so much different in your helmet than, than when you're sitting on your couch watching the race. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, that's what I try and like put myself in their shoes, like knowing, my past experience of like what that's like. And, and that's why I was so impressed with Cooper's ride. It was, that was really good. I mean, great. I mean, t- nothing obviously taken away from Tomac is a badass on a bike and, and definitely deserve that win. But I, I was just really impressed with, with Cooper's riding in that. What do you, uh, okay. You, you're, you were teammates with Kenny. So you obviously have spent your fair share of time around him and you know him well, what do you yeah. make of the struggles that he's having right now? Um, I think, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I think being up there in Salt Lake, I think anybody who's gone to altitude and raced, whether it's Mammoth or Colorado or up there in Salt Lake, it's like, it's hard. Like once you get in a rut of like, I can't breathe, like it's hard for me to recover. It's hard Mm -hmm. to get out of that until Mm -hmm. you're back at at sea level or whatever altitude you're used to. Yeah. And then what do they say? It takes three weeks to acclimate. Yeah, and then you got like Tomac who lives at altitude, right? So he's definitely got the advantage on these guys. Yeah. Um, and it obviously is showing he's been in kind of a different league other than Cooper. But yeah, I think it's hard it's hard to dig yourself out of that physically, but I think also mentally knowing like, all right, like halfway's coming up and this is usually where I start to feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's hard really hard to overcome and um i don't know maybe you never know unless you're in his shoes maybe he's been testing more for outdoors and he's more been focused harder on winning an outdoor title and you know you you never know so it's it's hard to say um unless you're you are kenny which is which is tough okay so what do you think about this so kenny and justin have a a house up in uh, park city which is i think i I think it's like two two twenty five hundred three thousand feet higher than salt lake would that be advantageous to stay higher and race lower? Or do you think maybe know, he's taxing I, his body I, too I, much up there? It could be taxing unless unless they've been there for, like you said, I think it's like two and a half, three weeks that you have to be there in order to acclimate fully. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're not, I think it's almost harder. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm not a scientist. And, <laughs> um, I only know the little bit of knowledge that I have for from my own personal training and my personal experiences, but I, I don't know that that's a hard call. Like it could be, yeah. You, you, I mean, he could be sleeping 
and completely, you know, being at a, at a rest and state, but also it's harder on his body where his body's working harder to, to provide it blood. And, and, um, he, I don't know, like, like I said, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think too, when, yeah, you're, when you're at altitude, don't you get dehydrated easier too? Yeah. I, I think it's pretty hard on your body up until that like three week point. Yeah. I've noticed up here, I, I'm not, there's no way I'm drinking enough water cause my, my pee is like bright yellow. You know? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I gotta drink more water. But, uh, Okay, so uh, when you raced Salt Lake in the past, was it tough? Did the altitude hit you when you would come here? Because obviously back then you only came in and out, you know, flew in on yeah. Friday or Thursday. It's, yeah, it's definitely, it's affected me for sure, both there and um, I think Colorado's worse for me because at least in Salt Lake, you know, you, you just have the one main event mm-hmm. where, Two in, um, you know, the Lakewood National, you're like, you do your first, moto and then you're like so taxed from just that race alone and then it's so hard to recover you have less than an hour from when you cross the finish line to when you're lining up again so it's Mm -hmm. like it's so hard to get that recovery and get like enough food in you and enough water and just get your body recovered enough to go line up again so i think i think colorado's definitely been harder on me in the past Mm -hmm. um but then sometimes like something special will happen where you're just like i don't know adrenaline takes over (laughs) maybe did something right during the week. I don't know. And like, I've like lined up to the second moto and knowing everyone else's beat down and like pulled off a podium. Yeah. Lakewood. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to like, you're, it's a guessing game. I think all around just how, how to prepare for that. Like it's, I don't know. There's just isn't at least in our sport, not enough science behind it. Yeah. So do you miss racing at all right now? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I get asked that a lot and and I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's pretty obvious that you just you're loving life right now having a lot of fun yeah and i i loved racing when i was doing it you know obviously it's something that i was super passionate about but a lot of it a lot of the the wind that got taken out of my sails had to do with my crash in Mm -hmm. in tampa um that just like kind of it was like the biggest reality check i had ever had you know like you know, like there's so many what ifs, like what if the bike would have hit me higher? What if the bike would have hit me lower? Like what if it hit me harder? Would have been, you know, paralyzed or what? And I think like that really made me appreciate life outside of racing more than I did with racing. So like I've said it before, like I needed to come back mentally and, and just as like a character trait, like I needed to challenge myself to come back and, and prove to myself that I, you know, was stronger than that crash. But mm-hmm. I, w- I just wasn't happy. Like the whole time I was racing last year, I just ne- there was never a night where I was like, that was so fun. I, <laughs> you know, I, I had so much fun or, you know, even though I didn't win, like I still did this good. You know, it was every night I was just like, man, I don't want to be out here. Like, yeah. I don't like, I don't like it anymore. So mm-hmm. if you feel that way, it's like, I could line up this year, and, you know, get top tens and, and just kind of ride, you know, like not, I always, that's the thing, like my whole career, even, even though I was, don't have the greatest stats, like I'd always like was so obsessed with trying to figure out how to be the best. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I had that last year. Like it it bothered me so much not being like, I need to, you know, be this much better than these guys in this kind of way. Or like, how can I get through this rhythm section faster than anybody? I was just kind of felt like I was along for the ride, like just going through the motions. And I, I really hated that feeling. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like I was just kind of like, just collecting a paycheck from my sponsors and not delivering what I needed to deliver. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, this is Justin Cooper of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. 
BC Fit Meals has been a huge tool in my success in keeping me healthy, energetic, and recovering the best possible way I can. All of their meals are delicious, ready to eat, and take the guesswork out of eating right. Visit their site at bcfitmeals.com and sign yourself up today. What's up? This is Justin Barsha of the Monster Energy Yamaha team, and I trust the Rye Helmet. I know that every helmet is handcrafted in Japan, and that the people who work at Rye are obsessed with building the best helmet they could possibly can. Staying safe is a priority for me, and this is why I choose Arai Helmets. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer, and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble, and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. so. Yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. Worst Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in the motocross for the last 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device and their original adjustable clutch perch assemblies, I am proud to use it on my Motoconcept Honda. Check them out at WorksConnection.com. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. So are you, uh, like physically, right now, sitting there, are you like 100% healthy now? Do you have aches and pains left over from the injuries? Yeah, I have I have I really messed up my shoulder the same the same time I um I did my pelvis. Mm-hmm. I jacked it up pretty bad to where it affected me a lot last year racing on it. I really hurt it like there like the, the um I didn't talk about it much last year, but during a lot of the supercross races, my left arm was going numb. And I didn't know why, like basically from the outside of my shoulder all the way into my pinky. It was weird. It's just on the outside of my arm. Yeah. And I couldn't like grip right. And I would get like halfway through a main event, Supercross, And I was like, what is going on? Like, I can't, I can't like hold onto the bike. Like it's, it was the weirdest feeling, like really numb, like tingly feeling. Mm-hmm. And my, my humerus head, like the top of my arm was grinding itself down inside my shoulder. Cause my joint wasn't strong enough and it wasn't um, tight enough. Mm-hmm. so as every time i'd ride i was actually jacking my shoulder up even more and i was just like struggling with that injury i had mris and scans done to try and see what was going on because 
I didn't know if it was something in my shoulder or if it had something to do with like a neck injury I had years ago or what was going on. And, and we couldn't really nail it down until I dislocated my shoulder again um, after Lakewood last year. And I, they went into, you know, they actually did a really aggressive surgery to, to put some screws in my shoulder and they found out that like my humerus head was tiny. So they actually, they actually steepened the angle of my socket and mm-hmm. I have it like a little bit tighter of a fit in there, but the surgery was so gnarly. It, it had a lot of, um, like there's a lot of trauma on my, on my tendons and stuff. So I'm still dealing with that, trying to get range of motion back, um, in my shoulder. And just, I don't know. I, I, it's weird though. Cause like right now I don't, it, I've always had this mindset where I'm like, I need to get back for this race. You know, I have to like <laughs> yeah. get my shoulder. Okay. For this race. Now I don't have that to where I'm like kind of lazy with my therapy and I, kind of catch myself slacking off a lot so <laughs> i need to i need to be better about that yeah probably hurts when you sleep right yeah like, i have to sleep on my left side yeah yeah or sorry it's my right shoulder not my left shoulder my right shoulder is the one that's jacked up so my throttle hand <laughs> okay so uh uh i think uh anyone that follows you on instagram and youtube you know you've got a lot of fans of your builds and your uh your youtube build series and stuff and so your latest one is uh, a different color. I mean, I know you explained it there, but for people that haven't seen, uh, what what led to the uh, 450SX KTM in your garage? Um, I think the main the main thing that led to it was I was kind of curious. Like I have never, I haven't ridden anything other than a Honda in ten years, mm-hmm. and obviously Honda makes a great bike. Like no, there's no hate there for their bike. Their machine is amazing. Um, and I just had an opportunity to pick one up for a little cheaper than what I was going to pick a Honda up for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just kind of, I don't know, like that, that mixed with the curiosity of, of, you know, what is on the other side is the grass greener, um, <laughs> yeah. kind of led to it. Yeah. And the freedom and, to do it now. Yeah. And the freedom to do it. And if I'm going to buy a bike, like if I would have bought a Honda, everyone's going to think that I'm still supported by Honda. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not, not everyone is up to date, but. You know, if they see me riding a KTM, they're like, hey, what happened? And I can, you know, give the explanation I'm giving to you right now. So, yeah, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's, I, it's like, I'm really excited to get this one done. It's, it's, everyone's bugging me right now. They're like, where's the bike? What happened to the video? Like, <laughs> everyone's in Salt Lake right now. So, like, my suspension people that I would normally hand off my KYB suspension to are out there. So, I've kind of got to wait on that. And then everyone else, like, I'm getting, you know, Cerakote parts and powder coat parts. It's all a little slower than normal. It's par- partially my fault, but also like not as many businesses are open full time yet, or now they are, but they haven't been. So that's that little little bit of that. But um, in the meantime, I have a I have a built 350 that Vital MX is letting me borrow. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of fun on that too. Hey, so when you first got on the when you first rode your bike, yeah, what, what were your impressions? Because I mean, steel chassis. And you raised the aluminum frame. Uh, yeah. I mean, was there any like, oh, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is why that guy had this, you know, you know, advantage here or whatnot. Was there any realizations when you got on it? I think the biggest one was how light it is. Like, it just feels so nimble. Um, and I'm really excited. Like, I'm really excited to get this bike current, like that I'm building right now. I'm really excited to finish it because 
the suspension is going to be almost identical to my Honda. Like I've got a KYB conversion for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that like technical t- or technical touch makes it, and it's literally Honda forks and Honda shock body. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to get a prop because, dude, I hopped on the the 450 like the KTM and didn't like I checked bolt checked it, made sure it had oil, and just ran it for like a month. Um, <laughs> and the like I didn't even set sag. <laughs> I checked the fork pressure mm-hmm. and just ran it because um, I wanted to know it was like in a stock form. So. That was probably, it's hard to answer that because I've ridden a factory bike for so long. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just different. So once I get this bike built up, granted it's not going to have a factory engine in it, but it will have factory suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll I'll have a better answer for that. And I do want to hit some tracks and, and put in some quick lap times and stuff just to kind of feel it out. Nice. Um, what else, man? You, you sold your house, right? And you're moving back to the old stomping grounds? Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, hopefully by the end of the month, I'll be back up in thousand Oaks. Um, Mm -hmm. that was kind of always my goal as a racer was like, do this for as long as I can make as much money as I can invest it well, and then try and move back home. Mm -hmm. Um, just everyone I know is up there, all my friends, all my family, um, as great as Newport and Costa Mesa are and as much fun as I've had down here. I really just, I don't know anybody like, it was easy for me to get to the track from here. It was amazing for training because there's so many bike trails. Mm-hmm. And I had guys like Jeff Ward and Brian Lopes to ride with. Um, and now that I'm not training full-time and I'm not riding full-time, there's a lot of days where I'm out here a little bored. Kind of kind of waiting for my friends to be off on the weekends and go up to Thousand Oaks to hang out with them anyways. Yeah. So, I, I and I mean, also like for what I'm doing right now with Brand Ambassador for Troy Lee and trying to make content for those guys. Um, and as well as a couple of other companies I'm working with, it really will be easier for me up there Mm because I'll have more friends to kind of, it, it, I get bored when I'm home alone and I got to make a video. Um, so it'll be nice to have a little bit of help on that side of things too. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. Well, I I certainly had a good time with you, uh, on that big, uh, mountain bike ride we did a couple Saturdays ago, but, uh, Maybe we'll come up to a Thousand Oaks. I'm sure you got some trails up there. That's where uh, Curtis Keen's stamping grounds are, right? Yeah, I rode some of his trails about a month ago, and it's there's, there's some fun ones for sure. And my new house backs up to, I guess, a pretty rad area. I haven't been back there yet, but um, like literally, I can just pull out of my garage and go for a pretty good ride. Nice. So yeah. All right, I'll come up for pretty a ride and for Shabu. There you go. And I'll have, I should, by that point, I haven't announced what I'm, my next build is yet, but it will be a, another enduro bike. So I'll have two for, so we can go rip some canyons up there. Nice. All right. Well, <laughs> Hey Colt, man, thanks for the time and, uh, good luck with the move and the packing. Thank you. All that fun, fun stuff that wanna, goes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to come help, be my guest. Yeah. Maybe when I'm home from Salt Lake. <laughs> All right, yeah, right. Hey, thank you for the All time. Right, thanks thanks no for problem. listening Talk to good. the, uh, You guys, thanks for listening to the uh, Swap Moto Podcast presented by Fly Racing. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet.